It's a special holiday bonus episode of Mixing with Moni. Okay, grab some eggnog, some tea, hot cocoa, or something that you don't mind spiking, and let's mix it up. Happy holidays, everyone. Special gift slash treat, whatever you want to call it. Coming at you twice in one week with a special little bonus episode. And I'll be doing some little bonus episodes here and there, especially with reunions and stuff coming out. But no real full-blown episodes until 2020. This special episode, though, I just I couldn't even wait to release. So... I'm doing it literally within 48 hours of releasing my episode with Raven from Unfriendly Black Hottie. This is a special, exclusive, unique interview with Deandra Simmons from Real Housewives of Dallas. I cannot even begin to tell you how much she spills. There's so much here, so much tea. She really bears it all, like tells us. Her real story, what really goes on, she tells me how she got involved with the show. She tells me if she would do it again, uh, tea about the reunion, things about the season, if she regrets anything, what she doesn't regret. Um, She gives her thoughts, of course, about Leanne. I asked it from someone else's point of view who was there, who is not me. Um, And that alone is why you should listen, because I've gotten a lot of you know, opinions and stuff about my thoughts on it. So I could not let it go. And I had to ask her from someone who was there what she thinks about Leanne's comments, especially after seeing it. I asked her about her and her mom, their relationship now. You will be in for some surprises. Um, I surely was. And it was such a pleasure talking to her. She was so kind and so honest about everything. And I think you're going to like this. This was not a typical Housewives interview. She wasn't just trying to vindicate herself left and right or tell everybody that this is just who I am. And this is just, I just want to make sure I'm honest with people and, and, and tell my truth. Like she was like, sometimes I get it right. Sometimes I get it wrong. You know, a lot of times I might get it wrong, but I try and she, you're just, you're going to love it. She was incredibly honest, incredibly easy to talk to. She really helped me get through the interview and it was it was something to behold. There was just a lot that was spilled and I couldn't thank her enough for coming on. And without further ado, I'm going to get into my interview with Deandra Simmons of the Real Housewives of Dallas. Enjoy. All right, guys, as promised, I am so excited to be doing this and bringing you guys a special treat just in time for the holidays. I have Deandra Simmons on the phone, and we are going to have a wonderful time talking about the season, her life, her involvement with the show, um, her involvements outside of the show. And this is just such a really special treat for me. I know people have asked me so many questions about Dallas, and I've been wanting to do a special Dallas episode for pretty much since season two when she came on. And I have made it no secret that she is literally one of my top favorite housewives ever. So I am just so excited to have Deandra on the phone. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you so much. And I thank you for all the accolades. I'm, I'm happy to be one of your top favorite housewives because, you know, people are very po- polarized on these shows. And either they love you or they hate you. It's no middle ground. Exactly. I just, I love thank your... I love your bravery. Like you're so, the balls you have to say some of the things you do, the funniest moments. I love it. And I think that you have foreshadowed a lot of things that we'll definitely get into. But I mean, if if I could have any housewife on my show, it would definitely have been you. Thank you. And, you know, being a housewife is, is very, it's not an easy job. And, in fact, one time when Andy was here for a charity event in Dallas, he said to the group, it was about 2,000 or 3,000 women there, he said, these women have a really big challenge. It's not easy to do a show like this, to open your life up for criticism. And there's a lot of criticism. There's a lot of judgment. And it's hard. And he said, you know, you need to give them some credit because it's not an easy job. And yeah, we take it on for different reasons, whether we want to build a platform of business or just share our stories, but whatever the reason is, it's, it is, an, it is one of the most difficult jobs I've ever done in my life. And I'm happy to do it because I think that I have stories that people want to hear, especially the mother daughter dynamic, my right. husband and myself and um, him being a veteran and the struggles that we have, like every married couple has, and he's just such a great support system. So I'm happy to share and open my life to people, but 
I get a lot of criticism, good and bad. (laughs) (laughs) And I love that your attitude is like, you know, people are going to talk if they're going to talk, but we, I've always loved you guys is your openness on the show. We don't get to see a lot of it. I think it takes a very brave woman to include their mother on the show because you only get like one per franchise. And for it to be you and your mom and for us to really see, I think it's one of the toughest dynamics we've ever seen on any Housewife franchise. I can't think of one that would really rival it just because of how intertwined you guys' lives are. But it's just, you have so much together, but then you live such different ways. It's like, it's really intense and fascinating to watch. Well, she, my mother's very strong and she's made me very strong. She's always been tough on me. She's never been easy. Um, I remember growing up as a child, I made good grades, but everything could be better. And mm. every, you know, she drove me to want to be better in my own life, my personal life, and my success in, in business. And you're only seeing part of the story because I've always worked. People don't realize, people think I'm some trust fund spoiled kid, which is absolutely not true. I've worked. And um, I had a very successful career in Washington, which I've talked about before. And I left that career because my parents wanted me home. And being the only child, my dad was quite older and I wanted to spend time with him and my mother at that time she wanted to retire but then she ended up not retiring so mm. it was a big career change for me and then people said well if you didn't know about the business why would you take it over because you have to think about this Imani that I'm 50 years old I have it I'm on a tv show I have a podcast podcast and I have a business what other job would allow me to go and come as I please when we're shooting a tv show it right so, and every other time I've worked, so for instance, when I worked at the administration, those are 70 hour weeks at the minimum. You can't do that plus a TV show and a podcast and everything else. So my only option as I saw it was to take whatever the business was and make lemonade out of lemons, so to speak, and do the best I could. And then, you know, highlight it obviously on the Real Housewives show because it is my story. It's my struggle. And it's really what's happening in our lives and what's happening in my life since 2004 and then you know tell that story and so it now is a success story thank goodness but I've worked thank my goodness. little tail off with four jobs in addition to doing these grassroots efforts with truck shows and social media and it's paid off big time but people judge you know they judge me why don't you just go get another job why don't you just do that it's just not that easy when you have you're juggling a lot of balls you know right exactly and it's also like a, a brand that your family built you can't just kind of let it go out of nowhere but I I did. I actually just finished I it. I cracked up. My mom also saw it. It was. one of my top favorite lines and I'll get to what my second one was of you but I mean always delivering the one-liners I absolutely love it and you mentioned you know basically being able to use the show a little bit as a platform I wanted to know how you got involved with it so okay the first I don't know if you knew this but when Real Housewives was being filmed on season one it was called how to make it in Dallas or something like that mm-hmm. and they asked me to join the show and I said no I'm not going to join a show that's not franchised because a lot of those are one hit wonders and you never see them again and then you don't really get another opportunity to create something out of that uh, you know one season show and right. so they said okay well what if we change it to Real Housewives and that was in the middle of filming would you come on now and I said well if we had talked about this before, maybe I could have, but in the middle of, I was in the middle of sharing a bunch of events and I had commitments to people and I didn't think it was right to just throw on them at the last minute. Oh, by the way, I'm going to start being a, a real housewife. Right. That, that was something that I had to kind of ease people into and re- with regards to um, the fundraising I was doing and the business relationships and the friendships. Cause a lot of people have very strong opinions about these types of shows. And oh dear. <laughs> Out of respect to the organizations, I was working with the Salvation Army back then. I was working with an organization called Cancer Blows. I'm still on the board of UNICEF, but out of respect to them, I had to give them the news and say, okay, I'm going to have a transition period, and then I may do this next year. And that's what I told uh, Bravo and, and Goodbye Pictures. I said, why don't you, you're in the middle, you're almost finished with the season. Let's see how it goes, and then if you still want me on the show, come back next year, and I will try to clear my schedule so I can do it. And that's what happened. I just didn't do season one because 
it was a different show and it wasn't. Oh, yes. But it, I was asked, I was asked, it's very funny. I want to tell you this because Leanne Locken keeps saying that she brought me on the show and Bravo has allowed me to say that is absolutely not true. <laughs> and anybody asked me that or said that, they asked me at the same time or before that she came on the show to join the show. And I just, for me, I had too many things happening. So that's not true. Leanne had nothing to do with me coming on the show. Um, it was just when you come on a housewife show, you have to have some like some relationship with another person. So they would obviously introduce me as her friend. Yeah. Cameron Webster was my friend. I brought Cameron with me and then Carrie Brittingham came off this year and she and I weren't great friends, but I knew her more than anybody else in the group did. Got it. Okay. So that makes sense. And that's how we kind of get those introductions, but I love dispelling rumors over here. So you guys heard it here first. She was not brought on by Leanne, which I never really thought, but I can understand that Bravo needed to, you know, establish some connection and not just say like, we just casted this person. Right. Exactly. And I just, you know, I didn't know, I knew Stephanie through other fundraising um, events and charity events. And Cameron and I obviously were doing that together because we were both at different organizations together, like Cattle Barons and Junior League. Cameron was, she's so much younger than me that when I was Junior League ball chair, she was on my committee. I had a committee of 250 women. And I basically helped her. I taught her how to fundraise, and I did a lot of fundraising teaching with different women in Dallas community. So I've known Cameron for years and years. Um, but we don't really, we didn't really do a lot together except for the charity stuff because we're, are, you know, 15 years apart. She has little kids. I don't have children. It's just a different dynamic. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. And I wanted to know the season overall for you, where does it rank in the other seasons that you filmed and what would you use to describe this most, this, your performance this season? Like, how do you feel about what you did? I feel like this is probably besides season two, which I didn't have a lot of airtime because I started so late. Okay. We were kind of trying to figure out our contracts and, um, you know, it was a difficult, that was difficult because I started, I think, a month and a half late filming season two. I barely made it to a full housewife because of that, just because we couldn't get contracts. Yeah. And then last season was my worst season. I think everybody has a season where they just look back and go, oh, you know, why did this have to happen? And, and why did I say that? Mm. Um, and that's just the way this works. But this season, I think, was um, one of my best seasons, I would say. I was well-spoken, dynamic, um, opinionated, but not to the point where I was a bully, you know? So yeah. People can disagree with that, and, you know, that's fine. But I really looked at it this year as I wanted to have fun, and I wanted to bring my comedic side to the show, meaning I wanted to do – I mean, I'm a girl that does pranks. It does silly things. It <laughs> gets drunk and shows her snakes when, I, when, I, when I'm celebrating. That's just who I am. That's – I'd be on the other side. I'm very serious as a business person. I'm very opinionated, very measured, very pragmatic. You have to have all facets of personality to make a completely whole person. And you see a little snippet of things on Housewives. You don't see everything. But I just looked at it. Let's have fun. Let's be. Um, you know, I wanted to obviously apologize for anything I had done to hurt Liam last year or anyone else on the cast. Cameron and Lambo, then just move on. I want to take ownership for my mistakes, which we all should, and then move forward. And if you're not ready to move forward with me, that's not on me anymore because I've unloaded the burden off me. You know, I've done the yeah. right thing. I always try to do the right thing. I don't always do the right thing, but I do the right <laughs> thing, and I always will say I'm sorry if I've done something wrong. But I also want let I also will call you out on your inconsistencies and your. Um, martyrism if you're trying to be a martyr all the time and be a victim all the time because i've had everybody has tragedy in their life and it doesn't yeah it doesn't matter if yours is greater than mine because it may be greater to you but you weren't walking in my shoes yes so absolutely yours is worse than mine was and that's at 50 years old or 35 or 40 or whatever you need to let it go i mean move on with your life because if that's all you're focusing on that you know, past and negativity and every time you do something wrong, well, it's because of this. No, it's not because of that. It's because you haven't grown and evolved as a person. And the only person that is responsible for that is you. 
I would 100% agree. I've, I've said that. I've been very vocal about this season because I was the most excited for Dallas to come back out of almost all the other franchise, with the exception of Potomac, just because that's where I live. But I was yeah. like, everyone should watch Dallas. It's so good. And I would say that this season, I wouldn't say it disappointed me, but it really made it hard to watch for a lot of people after like you've put so much effort into telling everyone Dallas is so great. And then I feel a lot of it got overshadowed and I've made it very clear from my own opinion that if you're going to use, you know, tragedy in your life as in uh, not an excuse, but weaponize it as an, it gives you a pass to do all these things, then you have not grown, especially when you're surrounded by all this love and all these other people that supposedly love you and all you can focus on is the bad. And I really appreciated you n not kissing Leanne's ass for lack of better words. Like you apologize. And I thought that was really big, but you also were like, listen, I am trying to work it with you here, but if you're not in that place and I can't just, you know, stand and wait around for that. And I thought that took a lot of guts because a lot of people probably would not do that, especially to Leanne. Well, and I came in really, my husband sat down and talked about it. And I came in with an attitude of humility and to be humble and say, okay, I made a mistake. I'm sorry, but you're going to have to. And then we had to have another one-on-one -on -one meeting where she started saying, you know, is your mother still financially controlling you? Which was a, a jab after I had apologized mm -hmm. twice. And when all that kept on, and then I finally said, okay, I'm done here. If you want to continue to jab at me, there's only so much a person can take. And what you don't see on the show, and you probably see because you probably watch social media, is the persecution on social media from her account and her minions and her fake accounts. And that really gets, it grates at a person really hard. And it's very difficult to deal with. And, you know, finally, a person can only take so much. And I had, I said I was sorry. And if you can't take my apology, I have to move on and be who I am, which yeah. is a strong, opinionated, determined woman. And if, if you don't want to get on board my train and, and try to make this work, that's, that's on you. That's not on me. But I think, you know, I missed a lot of the, I didn't go to any of Leanne's wedding events and you look at the trailers, the show, and you don't see that much of it because icing people out of your big events is a really bad move if you're on a reality show. Right. Not an all cast situation and not being an all cast situation means that they can then cut things out, you know? Right. And I think, so, and I love the way you handled that. <laughs> One of my favorite. I mean, yeah, I, that's one of my, two of my favorite scenes, and I will get to the the latter in a second, but two of my favorite scenes is of the season, but were of yours, where they were going down and they were asking each individual housewife what they were invited to, because Leanne had so many select invite lists to each thing, and people were counting off which ones they were invited to, and yours is at the end, you're like, I wasn't invited to anything, and I died, and then the second one was like, she was having something, and they cut to you and your husband having a cook-off at home literally living your best life minding your business and i thought that was the best well that something was her wedding so you didn't even remember it did you? i don't i remember the cook-off because I, <laughs> I remember the grill do not self-produce because we self-produce you are going to make a huge misstep the producers are there for a reason and you know you can people say oh it's editing it's editing it's editing no it's not it's what comes out of your mouth so just yeah watch your mouth and do your job and if you make a mistake say hey i made a mistake i shouldn't have done that and then next year you get a chance to make it up again or not but it's not at the end of the day blaming other people for your mistakes is never going to serve you and um you know, I didn't blame anyone for what I did with Leanne last year, even though what I did wasn't that bad because I never said anything, but I asked a question and then she blew it up to there's all these girlfriends and all this stuff, which I never, ever said. So, yeah. um, you know, that's just, that's just somebody taking a press moment for themselves and making it much bigger than it is. And you mentioned watching your mouth. And so I, I of course, I have to ask, and I do hate to go there because it's the reason why I've had so much problems watching the rest of this season. And I even reached out to Carrie Brittenham and she actually told me to continue to watch. And the only reason I gave the finale and the last episodes a chance were because she said that, because it was really, really difficult um, for me to get to. So I do have to ask, what did you feel in the moment when all of these, you know, I know people have said when filming, it's like a totally different filming than a feeling than watching it because you're living it. So what did you feel in the moment when you 
either knew or heard about what Leanne was saying about Carrie and her ethnicity and culture? And then what did you feel when you were watching it back this season? Like, did you understand why people probably had some issues with it? And what did you feel finally seeing it all play out? Well, I'm glad you asked that because all of us that were involved in the show are getting a lot of criticism online for not doing more. But you have to understand None of that was said to me. Right. So I never heard it. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, if it had been said to me, she knows better than say something like that to me because I would have called it out immediately. I mean, that's just who I am. Yeah. So all I did, the first time I knew anything about it was, um, I think when we were in Thailand, I heard rumblings of it, but I didn't hear the actual dialogue. So I couldn't see, I couldn't see, or, or I couldn't hear anything about it. I didn't know anything about it. And then at the finale is when I really learned the, the depth and the, the width of everything that she had said. And those are, there's consequences. And I was disgusted. I mean, I'll tell yeah, you now, we did see that. And at the reunion, I'm disgusted too. And I don't let her get a pass at reunion. There's people that do. I don't let her get a pass because those that's what I said is what you say is who you are. And I, you know, people make mistakes and all that. But what I'm saying by that comment is that you say something one time. Okay. You make a mistake. If you continue on and on and on saying it in such a vile and hateful and disgusting, uh, vehement way, then obviously that's what you believe. And, you know, because Mm -hmm. it was done over and over again. It was just like a I made a mistake and I'm sorry. I'm very truly sorry to my core. And then you put out an apology that you misspell words in. So you're not even taking that seriously. <laughs> I counted eight times. I counted eight that I'm we had an issue cold. with this. Yeah. Very cold and very frigid and not heartfelt. And I think that was, look, we, like I said, we all make mistakes, but I think this is bigger than just a mistake. And all of us, most of the cast is not, not happy with we, we're actually embarrassed that we're on the show to be quite honest with you and that's brought up at reunion we're and i can understand that yeah i can i can i can understand that crying at reunion about having to be associated with it. yeah because it feels like you know as and like i said it's the reason why i was a little bit disappointed because i was so excited for this season and i even caped for leanne i've always thought that the entire cast of Dallas plays a very important role on Dallas because all of you guys are so different. So I felt that they were all, y'all were all so necessary, but this was like, Oh shit. I told everyone to watch the show. <laughs> and now I had, I mean, I woke up to like 60 DMS one day cause I was genuinely hurt and I'm, I'm not even Mexican. I just, it's like, it puts everyone in a really awkward position to where they have to now feel doubt. You know what? It's like it's 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 not what we come to housewives for. We don't want to figure out how we feel about things and if someone's a racist or not. Like I just think there needs to be a distinct line with at least this. Like this feels that way. And I had heard that the reunion it gets addressed pretty well. What would you use to describe the reunion other than like say tiring? Um, I would say. People are very, I don't know if there's one word, um, I don't want to say explosive because it wasn't that bad, but it was people just very, very strong about their opinions and they had to take a side and they did take sides and I, yeah, I'm happy about that for the people that took what I, in my opinion is the right side. Some people, you know, didn't take the right side, but mm. um, I just, it was very heated and it was very emotional. It was, I think a great reunion you'll you'll see if you watch mm-hmm. it um i think everybody almost did the entire cast of their job and i was very you know happy and i felt real good i mean who cares about sitting on the end of the couch i don't care because i still got my points across and i was very i felt very articulate this year and i didn't feel like i was on an island with arrows being slung at me i felt like i was participatory in these six women's lives and i had my statements and my points to make and then it moved on to the next person who had their statements and their points to make but I don't regret the dress situation. First of all, that business doesn't even exist. She only has that website to sell what inventory she has. Uh, She got in a fight fight with her partner. Like she gets in a fight with everybody. And, you know, so if it was a real viable business that she was actually resurrecting and trying to make a living out of, I probably wouldn't have done that because I would never tax someone's viable business. But if you have a fashion show and you have a, you're, product released and then we never see it again i mean why isn't that a storyline you know yeah that's a very good point and i you know people have been very people have been very vocal about you know especially housewives of different franchises like not 
you know, being honest about their businesses and about their things. They use the show and get all this attention, but they don't, you know, tell us what happened afterwards. And I did wonder what happened to the dress with so many parts. And I do want to switch gears a little bit. I call it the Rubik's Cube dress because there's just way too many ways and it's so confusing to figure out. Um, how did you order it? <laughs> Because I knew I couldn't order it from my name. Right. I, I barely got the dress. I got it the day before we left to Thailand, and I gave myself a good two to three weeks. So mm. um, it wasn't sent. I guess she had just gotten married, and she wasn't paying attention to the business, and she was the only one handling the business at that point because she had already broken up with her partner on that. So I finally got it, and I ordered two sizes because I didn't know how, but I didn't know anything about it. And um, it was just going to be funny to wear the dinner table and I get it went too far I understand that that was part of the problem but when I put it on Carrie knew nothing about the dress at all she didn't know what I was talking about because she didn't know about the dress from last season so um when I put it on we just start we started giggling and we couldn't stop laughing because it was such a shit show to be honest with you I mean it was just like the funniest thing in the world and then I mean then I had to walk down this cascading staircase and the whole thing had like the bottom part had fallen all the snaps had already broken off and I had to put it in my spank and we were laughing even more. And by the time I got to the table, I mean, it was just crazy. Okay. But it wasn't meant to be, it wasn't meant to be nice, but it wasn't meant to be as hurtful as it, you know, looked and it just got, got out it. of control. And I'm sorry for that because it was really a joke and just kind of silly joke, but you know, I, she could, I mean, and everybody's like, Oh, what if she said that your, your skincare made her face break out? Well, she said that. Okay. She exactly. <laughs> She used my skincare for years until she didn't like me anymore. So trust me, it's it's all fine, you know. Yes. Whatever she's using now is not doing her any favors. <laughs> Well, I do want to switch gears a little bit into your business because I did think it took a lot of balls to, um, you, and you said it in the finale, to reduce your income. You downsized your biz business, revamped your website. You went to Travis. You took advice from him. And I thought it was really big of you to even, you know, humble yourself and apologize for like missing the meeting. And I think he handled it great. I think you handled it great. And it takes a lot to ask for help and to accept it and implement it. And then like seeing, I wish we would have saw more of the meeting you had with him in Thailand, because I thought that was like such a big deal to see like, you know, you were still taking it really seriously and he was still taking it seriously with you. So where does the business stand now? And what are you most proud of this year that you've done with your company? The business is doing phenomenal now. Yay. Um, it's been so wonderful to see it grow and take, you know, get its wings and take flight. And um, we started on HSN. So I was very excited about that. Oh my gosh. They, they put that in my card last night that I was going to be selling on HSN and I'll put a graphic up today. And then in addition to that, we have um, secured a deal with Dillard's to where I'm going to be doing uh, master classes starting at the beginning of the year all over the country. And then with the master classes, um, I'll be doing, they'll do purchase orders in the, the stores that I decide to go to. And then we'll do master classes. And I think that'll be exciting because when you go into these big stores, you have to buy shelf space. And it's yeah. $15,000. Oh my. Company can't do that. So I much prefer to do these People, somebody made fun of me. Well, I bet Leah's laughing. You doing trunk shows? Well, you know, trunk shows are fantastic. I love a trunk <laughs> show. <laughs> yeah, and, and most of the, you know, after that, they end up taking the products anyway. So right. there's no harm, no foul on my part. It's just hard work, which I'm not afraid of hard work. And my best time is meeting the customers, meeting the people, talking to them about the skincare line, doing the demonstration myself. They see me. They see how passionate I am. I love doing trunk shows. I mean, I would never turn a trunk show down. Trust me. No, I know. I love it. My mom is an we interior. We have we clean house. We have a whole new staff except for one person who I kept. Yay. And, uh, everybody's committed to the mission, the vision, the passion. And we have new websites, hardnightgoodmorning.com ultimateliving.com. Deandra Simmons is going to be a separate website. We're still working on that. So everything's going well. Thank you for asking. But I of really want to say, Monty, that the fans have built my business 100%. I give them all the credit. Besides me getting out there and, and doing my grassroots effort, they have showed up. They have bought the products. <laughs> they have talked kindly about the products. Um, you know, the only people that really write negative reviews about my products are people that are planted, let's just say, from other cast members. Uh-huh. member in particular. And it's just been, I've noticed that recently and I know where it comes from. 
Yeah, no, I totally get that. I have to admit, your um, detox toner is in my uh, my cart, my shopping cart. <laughs> Restores your pH balance. It also is great for a makeup setting spray. People love it. Oh, wow. A class with a makeup artist, James Vincent, in New York, who's quite famous. He does, like, he's done Lady Gaga. He launched Fenty Beauty with Brianna and Matt Ooh. Cosmetics. And he's using my detox toner and my L22 in his kit. So, very excited about that. Yeah, I need a detox toner for um, my skin. I have a suborg dermatitis. And so, that's usually it's best to use something that helps break down. The, and if especially a pH one that breaks down the yeast and the imbalances in your skin for people who have really really dry skin. So I was that was the first thing I was looking at it one night while I was watching Dallas and I was like, ooh, I like this. <laughs> Make sure you put any moisturizers on when your skin is damp, and that'll really help your if you're dry. Ooh, yes. Absolutely. Okay. That's a really good tip to take. And I, I really do like your business and I'm so glad that it's doing um, much better. And uh, listen, I love a trunk show. My mom is an interior designer and we have much many small businesses in my entire family. And I mean, small businesses and trunk shows are basically like peanut butter and jelly. So I yeah. love a good trunk show. And I think it's great that you're, you know, going down and doing it on the, on the ground floor. And I think that's amazing. Um, is your mom still proud of you? We saw in the finale that she said she was really proud of you. And I hate to say it, but I was a little shocked. I mean, I do love Mama D, but I was a little shocked that she gave you so much credit. Of course, it came with a little bit of a don't eat so many donuts, which I love donuts. So I think we all should eat more donuts, but in, in you know, a very, very Mama D fashion. But I was really shocked that she said she was so proud of you. Is she, you know, still giving you the praises that I think you deserve and that, you know, with, with the business and, um, is she as hands off as she should be now? She is. So my mother is very proud of me because she's seen how hard I've worked. And my husband too, he didn't realize how hard I worked because he'd never gone with me where I've done these appearances and done these trunk shows. And when he did, he's like, Oh my God, I've never seen you like this. He said, it's mm. exhausting and you work the whole time. And most comments by stores are that they'll have celebrities or people on TV come in and they'll have their assistant do the work and they'll just stand in the corner and just take some photos. And that's not me. I'm hands on from start to finish. I never sit down. I barely take a drink of water. I just go, go, go go and I challenge myself to sell because I love the, the challenge of selling so for me it's fun and then to meet the fans and hear what their comments are and uh just to be that they're interested in my business and wanting me to be a success is very exciting for me I love it but my mother sees that now and she's very um happy and, and very proud of me and, but I also have gone to her recently about the uh, nutrition line because I needed some help Ooh. with some labs and she actually visited some labs with me and gave me her advice because and that's the relationship I always wanted with my mother was okay advise me on this and this but the, the, the kind of bickering and constant pull, push and pull was not what I wanted so mm. she's now taken a, she's not working at all in the business but she has taken an advisory role with me and she will go to labs with me she goes to trunk shows with me sometimes as well she enjoys meeting people so yeah so it's just um she's been a real help and a real support system I think she just wanted to see me turn it around and see me struggle and see me fight for it and now that Got she's it. seen it she's more supportive. Do you think that she is, um, that she was holding, withholding the financial support for the business because she wanted you to step up to the plate to her liking, or do you think there was other reasoning there? I think oh, there's a lot of, that's a loaded question. Another, um, <laughs> She doesn't, like she said, doesn't give loans to people, even her own blood. She's not in interested in that. Um, she, I think she just wanted, you know, tough love, wanted to see me do it on my own. I, um, you know, I just, yeah, she did help me, obviously, with, you saw the slide, she did help me with the rent, but that was because she had seen me work so hard, and when I signed the lease for the building, I didn't own the company. Got it. So I feel like she thought about it for a minute and said, that's not really fair to my daughter to put her in a situation to be on the hook for 7000 a month when she didn't own the business at the time. And so she had a change of heart on that. Okay, great. I'm very grateful about that. So, um, you know, but I don't 
I think I'm getting sidetracked. What was the original question? <laughs> <laughs> well, if, if there was another reasoning for her withholding the financial support, but I, I think that that's, you know, a good enough answer to see. Her nature to, you know, she struggled, she grew up poor. Got it. With nothing, and she wants me to struggle and do it on my own as well and not hand it to me, even though I've worked, like I said, for years. And that's fine. And I, I never really, I, you know, I never really thought she was going to give me a big loan from the trust. My father was more somebody to invest in a business than her. She doesn't really have, she has huge resources, but she's a, she's always afraid because when you grow up with nothing and you have money, you're afraid of losing it again. Got it. I grew up having money because by the time my parents, when I was born, they had money. So it was different for me. I don't, I never had that one pair of shoes a year kind of story like my mother did. You know? oh, okay. It's different, but she wanted me to struggle and earn it, and I have, and I've shown her, and she's very, yeah. she's very satisfied, and I'd say proud of me now at this point. That's great. So, it does. Would you say your relationship with her has definitely improved, and it, the pride is, you know, enough for you, and that, especially that advisory role that you guys have, or do you still feel like you want some kind of apology, or is like the good job good enough? No, she's not going to say I'm sorry. Right? That's wrong. She's not going to do that. I mean, she, she says I'm sorry every once in a while, but I don't think she did say when she gave me the money for the uh, rent that she had prayed about it and that she really wanted to help me and that she felt strongly about needing to give me the money for the rent. And that was enough for me. She's, okay. Um, my mother's, like I said, very strong will, very uh, hard in some aspects of her life. She's very soft in other aspects, but I, I don't need her to say I'm sorry or anything I don't need I really don't need that for me to be okay that's good and I think that I mean fans love your mom even though we see such a tense dynamic a lot of the times on the show I think that it's it's so interesting because we we love her (laughs) and do do you do you feel like that makes sense like do you understand like why that that is that we can love you and her even though a lot of the times y'all clash I understand that completely. My mother is, I would say she's a reality show in a person. She is. She's a caricature of, you know, this thing that you're just fascinated with. And I'm very different from my mother in some ways and very alike her in other ways. So um, I think you could definitely like me and like my mother because you got to think my mother is for the school of hard knocks. So she came up like a scrapper. I came up, I'm an educated person. She never had that opportunity. Um, I was in theater and the arts. I was always interested in traveling, and, and my thesis was on Middle Eastern politics. I'm very, I'm always a reader. I'm still a voracious reader. I, the one thing I lament the most about being a housewife is not being able to read as much as I used to read. Mm. Um, and so she's, we're different in that way. She's more of a gregarious people person, and I was an introvert that had to become a people person, and I had to learn how to do that because I was in my books and I was a straight A student and I just love to learn and I will never, that'll never end for me. So we do have a lot of differences. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, she's my mom and you can like both of us and there's nothing wrong with that. All right. I love that answer. Cause I do. <laughs> And I want someone else that I love in your family is your husband. And like I said, I love seeing you guys cook together. I think your husband and you have such an amazing relationship, at least from what we see on the show. It seems like he really has your back, but also can keep you down to earth. And I love seeing you guys cook. And I love seeing you win that cook off between you and your husband. Last night he tried to do a sneak attack on me, which is what he does. We both made chili. We had a wrap party and we had some chili and some dip and stuff like that. And he told everybody that there was a chili competition. I said, no, it wasn't because you didn't tell me. I would have stepped up to the plate. (laughs) (laughs) Would you guys ever do a cookbook? Um, I have a cookbook, to be honest with you. And I have, um, and I have tried to get it out there, but publishers say that, you know, housewife books don't do so well. And I've heard all kinds of stories. So I'm trying to build up my food profile. I actually am going to be judging on some food competitions next year. Um, oh, fun. I, I can't tell you about, but they're, they're big TV shows. Oh, fun. So before I do the food stuff, and I'm going to start doing more of that on my Instagram, I think then I'll get my, my cookbook out because it'll be separate from me being a housewife. Yeah. So I have the book written. It's ready to go. So I think yeah. went for a publisher. Yeah, come on, publishers, get on that. But I actually think it would be really cute, especially if maybe like your husband did one too. Y'all could have like rival cookbooks in the Barnes and Nobles next to each other. 
Oh, that's so funny. Well, my mother and I actually did the first one together. Oh, wow. So half of the recipes are hers and half of them are mine. That's so sweet. Mine are more international. So um, we did have, it's all written ready to go. It's just a matter of a publisher taking it. And, you know, obviously last year I tried to pitch it. I was only second season of The Housewife. Now I'm in my third season. It may be different. Mm. I have a podcast now as well. So, and I'm doing other things. But I think probably it'll happen after I do these uh these, you know, judge these competition. Um, oh yeah. On national television, so that, that, that makes sense. And I can't wait to see what that turns into. So the season has wrapped and the reunion is taped and we're all anxiously awaiting that. What is next for you? What are you doing in the meantime? And I know you said a lot about like, you know, the charities and stuff that you're, uh, that you're involved with. So are those, some of those things on the horizon and what are you passionate about right now? Well, my husband and I always work with, we work with a lot of veterans organizations. So Love um, it. we're working with Mercury One. I'm the global ambassador. And we have traveled to Iraq with them, Lebanon with them. And I was telling the stories of the women that had been captured by ISIS. And they were rescued by Mercury One. And I told their stories. Now they have been uh, immigrated to Australia. Oh. And so I'm hoping to follow up with their stories because some of the stories that I took down and, and talked to them about were horrific about being sold into slavery 19 times and raped by hundreds of men. And it's amazing. These people were even alive after three years. Yeah. I met with the prince of the Yazidis and talked to him because the Yazidi women are coming back and they're being shamed by their families. And it's a horrible story because they had nothing to do with what happened to them. They just were captured in the middle of the night or the middle of the day in a lot of instances. And wow. children have seen this, years of violence and that's what they've known since they were kids and that's going to be basically perpetuating into the next generations and we have to re-educate these children and and really we need to worry about this as a globe and as the united states who's kind of the protector of all we really need to think about the future of these children's lives and how it's going to affect everyone else in the world so that's a big passion for me veterans um mercury one works with veterans they work with also uh hurricane relief disaster relief uh love it my husband also has done from some work with team rubicon which is disaster relief but they take veterans and use them to do that uh skyball snowball express gary sinise is involved with that my my husband has worked with him on for many years and Robert Irvine I actually worked with him this year and I, I was in the kitchen during the entire gala instead of sitting at my table basically expoing the food with him and he told me I could come back anytime and work with him because <laughs> I was the, one of the only celebrities as he called it that ever actually worked whenever I was supposed to not just taking photos the whole time so I love that I feel good and I'm hoping to get on some more food and wine uh, circuit tours with some different chefs where I can you know, do some sous chef thing with them and just really work with them and learn more technique and skills. And um, my podcast, like I said, is doing great. And I love I it. Some, <laughs> I have some auditions starting the first year for scripted material, but I can't really talk about that. Um, I also have a film um, that I'm probably going to be shooting in the spring um, where I play an FBI director. So, mm, wow. <laughs> but I'm very excited about it. So Ooh. that's a big boss bitch role. I'm excited about that one. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, and we, my husband and I just uh, also uh, produced a film with Tony White, and it's called My Brother's Crossing, and it releases in uh, January. We're not sure of the date yet. It has distribution. And it's really apropos to what's happening right now because it's an African-American pastor is coming home for a basketball game with his son, and he accidentally hits a Caucasian pastor and his wife on a motorbike and how obviously there's tension, racial tension because of the accident and people judging and persecuting them and how the family extends forgiveness. And even to the point where at the end of the show, they pay his uh, fee at the court. Wow. And it's just a really a good story of love. You see the protesters and my husband had just basically done the Amber Geiger trial in Dallas. He was the photojournalist on that. Oh so my gosh. <laughs> interesting that they asked us to be on this particular movie. And so I've been kind of going around to different media outlets and talking about that. So I'm very excited about that. And I just did an interview for that new movie that I'm hosting the screening in Dallas on January 7th. It's called Like a Boss. It's oh my gosh, yes. And uh, Tiffany Haddish. And so the CW came and interviewed me about owning a cosmetic company or, or skincare company, being a woman entrepreneur in that industry and what it's like and how difficult it is and then how I could relate to this movie. And the movie's hilarious. I encourage everybody to go watch it. And um, I'm going to be doing a Q&A after the screening on January 7th in Dallas. That's amazing. It's already on my list. Like I've been so excited to go see it. And that's 
Wow, that is so cool. And so, of course, course. oh, of course. And Tiffany, uh, the previews look amazing. I know they have some um, connections with Bravo. I've seen that a couple of the cast members from Vanderpump Rules are doing a song and promotion of it. So I love anything that I love when Bravo gets those the women in the different Bravo lives, they become involved with these movies and we see like the commercials and stuff for it. I find that to be a really good way of cross promoting. And I love seeing you guys out of your element and like into something a little more fun, like just girlfriends hanging out, watching movies and stuff like that. Like, that's really cool. I enjoy that. And I know I'm working on, I'm going to get a book out hopefully in the next two months. I'm trying so hard. I don't know if I have enough time. Oh yeah. I know. I know. I'm sure it's like, it it seems like the ending of the seasons for you guys is even more busy. And I know that it's too early to know what's going to happen next, but if um, Dallas comes back, would you do another season or any other kind of reality TV again? Of course. I I mean, there's so many blessings and the silver lining. There's just a silver lining because it's also a great way to look at yourself and it's very cathartic to learn about who you are and about seeing yourself on big or the mini screen and seeing the mistakes that you made and seeing what other people think it makes you challenge yourself to be a better person so yes if i'm asked to come back we'll be back if the season comes back i will be back i mean if i'm you know if i'm offered a a contract but you never know i mean i don't i mean i'm hoping and praying that we do come back and i want to us to show you know what's next after this season that has been a little dark and um yeah i want it to be i would like it to be lighthearted and fun and Full of drama, but full of maybe less intense drama. <laughs> yes, maybe the drama that doesn't make everyone's stomach curl, and more like. To be fair, I mean, to be fair they if we're coming back until literally, I think, late January usually. So okay. we don't know yay or nay. They don't say anything. So it's not, you know, nobody knows anything. Okay. So it's just, I can't speculate on next season or any season or anything like that because, yes, I would love to do it again. And I hope I get to do it again. But they make those decisions based on focus groups and numbers and the fan loyalty to the show and, and things of that mm-hmm. nature. So there's a lot of factors, I think, that go into deciding what shows are going to be going and what shows are becoming and, and you know, things like that. I like it. What would you say is... And, you know, I will say that after this year, I, no matter what happens, I feel like I... I this season I ended on a very good note. I think so too. And I think what I was going to ask, what do you think is something that people get really wrong about you guys' franchise or being a housewife in general, the, the housewife shows? And what do you, what would you say is the most, um, the common misconception for you guys? Well, the one thing I've been reading everywhere is because we live in Texas, we're automatically racist. And I think that's ridiculous. Uh, I do too. I grew up in Dallas. <laughs> I don't understand those comments at all because we're in the South, we're in the Bible Belt, and, you know, we're white and privileged, apparently everybody here is, which is not true, that, you know, we automatically have opinions about uh, race, religion, politics, and what have you, and people just just tack on names and thoughts and opinions to you, and they don't even take the time to consider that maybe you're not that way. Look, I've been all over the world my whole life since I was 14 years old. I've been to almost every continent, I've been to almost 80 countries. Do you think I'm a racist? Absolutely not. Do you think I have, I mean, very prejudiced opinions about people? Absolutely not. I wouldn't be working with survivors in Iraq if I did. I mean, I just, I don't have any of that hate in my heart. So that. that's what's, I think, hard for us to, all of us as a cast to I'm sure. kind of deal with it. Is it that, that kind of, people saying things like that about us because we live in the South and because we're from Texas. Most of the, we have a huge Hispanic population down here. Oh yeah. It's huge. I've said that many times on my show because I did grow up in Dallas in Plano specifically. And I'm like, it's probably, it's like next level, probably the largest Latinx population probably in the country next to New Mexico. I love the diversity for me. It also allows me to be able to speak somewhat of another language because of the fact that we live so close to Mexico. So most Americans don't speak more than one language. I luckily studied French and Spanish in school, but I also have been able to use that in my community and to keep up with another language is something that is just amazing because you can understand other people from other places in the world. Yeah, exactly. There's not a negative in my opinion at all. So I, I don't, that's where I just feel that we're so misunderstood in that way. Of course, I'm misunderstood because people think I'm a trust fund baby, which I'm not. I mean, yes, I have a trust, but that doesn't 
I don't sit around and, and go to lunches and cocktails and the country club and <laughs> my thumbs. I work harder than most of the women I know, trust fund or not. No, I completely agree. And I think I would agree this is probably one of your best seasons, although I'm impartial to the first season you're on. I love that one the best. Um, but I do think that, you know, you gave us some of the best contact that we had this entire season. And I loved you calling Leanne out and saying that it was bullshit. And it, it was like the first you really heard about it at Brandy's um, the finale party. And you making that stance, I thought was, you know, a really good sign, especially as someone who's always known Leanne. I think that, you know, most we don't always see people stand up to her as much. So I, I appreciate you standing up, you know, to it, especially as someone who is a person of color that watches these shows. Sometimes it can get a little tough and that was really good to see. And I'm glad Carrie didn't have to fight that battle by herself. And I'm just so grateful that you are on the show and that you came on here to talk your truth and tell us everything about what's going on. I had so much fun. Thank I can't thank you enough, honestly. Stand up for what is right and what is principled, and even if I make mistakes, I'll say, "Yeah, I did. I made a mistake." But if somebody's going to do something and not own it and not acknowledge it, then I have to say, "No, you need to take a hard look at yourself," because that's why I'm in the spotlight on this show. It's people might not like that, but that's why I'm here. I love so it. I'm going to continue to be true to myself and uh, true to others and do the best I can, but. Once again, thank you so much to all of you for listening to my special exclusive interview with Deandra Simmons from Real Housewives of Dallas and special thanks to Deandra Simmons and her entire team for um, letting her come on and getting this interview going. It was definitely a lot of back and forth and I just appreciate all the help, especially Samir, her assistant, and I could not appreciate it more. I love doing fun things with my podcast and I, this is what's going to come in 2020 guys there's going to be some fun different things that i'm really excited to try and give you and just see where this goes because it's just so much fun talking all these things with you especially in a time where we don't know what's going to happen next with our country with our network like what is this spy games what is this below deck yacht sail yacht thing I don't know what the sailing thing is. What is Housewives of Salt Lake City? We don't know what's happening with the state of our country, the state of our network, or even the state of Dallas. We don't know. And she explained that, and I'm so grateful that she did. There's so much to be uncertain of, but one thing you can always count on is that mixing with Monty will be here to always mix it up and give you something special. With that, have a happy holidays. Thanks for choosing Mixing with Moni as your podcast for the holiday season. And always, if you have an extra second to rate five stars and write a review, you'll make my nice list. Don't forget to subscribe so you can keep up with all the fun while you prepare to host, travel, or simply relax. Learn more about me, get all your Bravo news, and hear my opinions by following me on Twitter and Instagram at Mixing with Moni. Wishing you a happy holidays and a mixy 2020.